following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, February 19th, 2024. Happy President's Day. Yes, it is a federal holiday, but we are here anyway. We are working at ESPN 106.7. It's too big of a day not to be on the air talking about Auburn athletics, basketball, baseball, softball, gymnastics, you name it, we got it. We're going to talk about it on this show today. This is the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back and I have a slight feeling we may be doing that a little bit today I'm your man Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on the Albert Opelika Sports Leader alongside me in the studio every Monday Wednesday Friday Uncle T-Bone with me here on ESPN how are you brother happy Monday oh I'm ill as a hornet Jacob I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you it's been a rough weekend for Uncle T and uh, not a great day today on President's Day didn't accomplish what I wanted to and uh, uh, quite frankly, I'm just sick. I'm just sick. I'm just going to go ahead and start the show with it. What happened Saturday night in Neville Arena. I cannot believe I bought into the hype. I cannot believe I drank the Kool-Aid. I cannot believe I broke my golden rule when it comes to Auburn and got overconfident and entitled thinking, oh, there's no way, there's no way the Blue Bloods coming to Neville Arena and taking care of business. We're undefeated there this season, Jake. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that I drank that Jabba Kool-Aid and just watched us lay a big fat egg on national television in front of the whole free world on ESPN against Kentucky Saturday night. I, I just, I just don't even know what to say. I just don't even know what to say yet. Well, we've got a lot to say about that uh, with Auburn basketball, SEC basketball, college basketball, a little bit of college baseball as well. All of that is going to be on the show today. We'll also have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He'll be with us in hour number two. Got confirmation that of that earlier today. So he'll have all the rundown of everything going on in Auburn athletics for what is now crossover season. So we're excited to have him on later on and discuss all of that. We know you've got thoughts. We know you've got some uh, things to say when it comes to what happened in Neville Arena on Saturday night. Phone lines are open. Give us a call. Give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind. 334-321-1390. That number again is 334-321-1390. And on Saturday, the biggest game. One of the biggest games, I should say. There was a top four matchup in college basketball, which ended up being a disaster between Marquette and UConn. Huskies looking pretty darn good and looking like a a nice repeat for them as national champions. But I'd say the second biggest game of the day, rankings-wise, was the Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari coming down to Auburn after a big win over Ole Miss, a team that's been reeling quite a bit, have the Cats. 
They come into Auburn, college game day. Kids have been camping out since Wednesday. We went over as ESPN and handed out pizzas to Pearlville, Jungle City, whatever they call it. They've been camping out for three or four days. They waited all day long after college game day where all the biggest names in the sport were there. And they come in with a 16-game home winning streak inside of that building. And Auburn comes out and they score 59 points against one of the worst defensive teams in the SEC. They let Kentucky, who didn't play well, come in and beat you. Not just beat you, not just beat you on your home floor, beat you by double digits and flipped, flipped the spread on you on a Saturday night inside of Neville Arena, man. Fans are fired up. And I know it's been a couple of days, and we're going to dig that back up. Some people have tried to forget about it. Not us on this station, not on this program, Uncle T-Bone. It was not well, not good on Saturday night over at Auburn. Not today on President's Day, folks. If you think you're getting a rose garden today, think again, okay? Let me just start by saying this. It remind, Times like these remind me of about 15, 20 years ago when that great band from California, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, wrote that song about Auburn. Y'all remember that when it goes, Jabba, 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 Jabbafication. <laughs> and in case you didn't hear that the first time, on three, everybody, one, two, three. Jabba, 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 Jabbafication. Just Auburn being Auburn. In a week's time, they go Mr. No Show down in Gainesville, come back home. And before yours truly and his entire family put up a 40-point win in a 101 against the number 11 team, a number 11-ranked team in the country, South Carolina. Yep. And then let the Wildcats roll in in their blue blood. And John Calipari dressed like the godfather himself, John Gotti, wearing a $50,000 Rolex and probably comes down in a private jet thousand dollar bottles of champagne and just with a Cheshire grin come up into our own arena and just take our manhood and soul back with them back to the commonwealth that's just straight Jabba man I just I can't even explain it this felt like a performance that we saw for 30 years when Auburn and Kentucky got together where the cats would come in and just dominate on both sides of the floor And no, it wasn't as big of a victory as we've seen in the past from Kentucky because they've just done pretty much whatever they wanted to with Auburn before Bruce Pearl got here. But this was just an ugly game. And, you know, we look back on this season, and after that App State game, on the road, by the way, we looked at that and said, and I said it, you can go back and listen to the podcast. I have said it on the air. There's no way that Auburn would have another game like that again. It's not possible. I didn't think it could happen because that was so bad offensively that I just didn't think it was possible with this team, with this amount of talent, with this amount of depth, and with this head coach of Bruce Pearl. I just didn't think it could happen. But yet, in all of the times that it was going to happen, if it were to happen, this was probably the worst time to do it, Uncle T-Bone, because you mentioned it. You're on ESPN. The college basketball world is watching. They watch college game day. 
They flipped around the channels for a little bit, and then they came back and they watched Kentucky and Auburn. And they watched an Auburn team that was announced as a top four seed in the NCAA tournament on Saturday on their home floor allow Kentucky, who again has not been a great team this year. They have seven losses on the year. You let them come in, not even play a great game, just play good enough and shut you down offensively, made you look silly on your home floor and beat you by 11 points, snapped your 16-game winning streak, has thrown every Auburn fan to the wind and thrown them off the rails in the last 48 hours, and rightfully so. You also had an injury scare. We got to get to that in a minute. But this was one of the worst performances I've seen Auburn basketball play inside of Neville Arena in a long, long time. I mean, years, Uncle T-Bone. And there's been some games they haven't played great. They've let Alabama come here and beat them. They've let A&M come here and beat them. They've let Kentucky come here and beat them. But we had thought that coming out of the Florida game and the bounce back you had against South Carolina, we're like, okay, Auburn's back. Auburn's good. This team's rolling again. They're going to win by double digits. And we had some callers on Friday tell us that they were worried about it. And we gave them, we gave them some crap for it. Turns out they were right. Turns out they were right because Kentucky got Auburn again. The big name, big brand, big coach got Auburn again. You saw all the Blue Bloods this weekend just take care of business. That top 16 was released earlier in the day on Saturday, and I was looking at it and getting mad. Wondering why Alabama and Tennessee were getting so much more love than Auburn. I think Auburn was number 13 in those rankings. They had UNC was kind of ranked up there, Jacob. And I was like, man, UNC's been playing terrible. But what did all these Blue Bloods do this weekend? They started, like we talked about last weekend, what Auburn needed to do. Begin to pivot towards the postseason. Start wondering how we're going to not just get through this season, but when start winning some championships. UNC takes care of business. Duke takes care of business. UConn takes care of business. Took Kentucky, care of business in a big way. Big way. And, and, and how, the, how they had Purdue at number one overall and not UConn. Give me a break. And you saw what happened to Purdue yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, they got smoked. By Ohio State, by a team that just fired their head coach this week. And then Kentucky, uh, one of those old school blue bloods, just rolls up into Neville Arena. And I think the most sickening part of it was the post-game speech in the, press, in the mm. presser when Calipari just rolls in. Doesn't even sit down, Jacob. Stands up and gives about a 15-minute diatribe on why he's the godfather of the SEC, why Big Blue ain't gone anywhere, why they're a blue blood. It was just blue blood speech and why basically you're a cow college and I'm going up to Indianapolis and taking your wants of championship and I'm putting them in my pocket. I'm taking Neville Arena. I'm taking this so-called jungle and I'm putting it in my back pocket. I'm going up to Indianapolis. I don't really have time to talk to y'all anymore. Because I'm going to see my seven, my record, seven All-Stars that I put in the NBA. I broke my own record when I used to own a four. We're the best. We're the place where McDonald's All-Americans come. You're not. Go away, Auburn. And I'm better than you with his $50,000 Rolex and his Teflon Don attitude. Makes me sick. Let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Spectre, 
Happy Monday, man. How are you? I am sick. I got a good dose of fool poisoning. And I am sick. I'm over in East Alabama. Auburn fanatic ICU trying to recover. Oh, no. From fool poisoning. Is that similar to fool's gold? Pretty close. Pretty close, friend. Mm, mm, mm. Your thoughts on what happened on Saturday? It was awful. It was absolutely awful. T-Bone, we're going to have to change our motto. Instead of refuse to lose, we're going to have to be refuse to snooze. I like it. I'll tell you what. I tell you what, Specter, you're exactly right, and I'm going to tell you why. I just think for far too long, my friend, Auburn fans have been snoozing, and we have we've been snoozing on. Well, let's like Charles Barkley. Y'all just got to beat that team across the state. You know what? Let's let's stop snoozing on what the mantra should be, because we saw it out of Kentucky fans. And finally, Calipari said, enough's enough. We are champions, and we're going to start acting like it. Auburn fans need to start demanding more from their program. Championship or bust across all of its athletics. Because that team that we saw come down from Kentucky, it's championship or bust for them. Can we say the same about us? That's right. If you want to be a champion, you got to act like one, and you got to play like one. It's true. It's absolutely true. And... You know, there's, it's so tough, and it is a tough conversation because Auburn fans went through misery for so long when it came to basketball, but the last couple of years have not been fun either when it comes to late February and into March because the disappointment has arose. And I think Auburn fans are are. A lot of them, like you, Specter, are getting tired of it and it being the same story at this time of the year every single time. Let me let me ask a question here. Yeah. I am confused. You know how I've been saying about how he uh, Pearl doesn't use the timeouts when he should? Mm-hmm. Well, why, with six seconds left in the game, out of reach to win, why does he call a timeout with six seconds to play? It's a great question. It's a great question. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I have refuse, any. I asked myself the same thing, Specter, when it happened. I refuse to snooze. Mm. Refuse to See snooze, Specter. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate Frustrated it, Auburn fan, you can get in too here at on the line three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let me tell you what. I got a lot of questions, Jacob, and we're going to dive into them. One thing I didn't like hearing on that game day, though, from Coach Pearl was, we're not going to change anything we're doing. If you think you're going to come here and play more than 20 minutes, don't. And that experiment has failed, okay? That works in this rotation of throwing in Chris Moore and throwing in Leor Berman. It works against teams that aren't blue bloods and are at best a team that may make the tournament every once in a while, like Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, those type of teams. But when you're going up against McDonald All-Americans, the program that puts seven All-Stars into the NBA, and everyone's a four- and five-star from starter to the end of the bench, you must, you must play your best players as much as possible. And there were just times when, the, when, when players for Auburn were in there that shouldn't have been in there 
and they were getting physically abused. Mm. And this rotation might work through most of the season, but we need someone needs to ask Coach Pearl the question I wanted to hear after the game was not what happened, but what are you going to do differently for Auburn to win a national championship moving forward this season? Because what we're doing is not going to win us a national championship. That's just all there is to it. We'll keep talking about it. When we come back, we got a phone call to get to. We'd love for you to be a part of it as well. Your thoughts on Kentucky coming down and beating Auburn on Saturday, 70-59. to We'll continue that and get to the phone lines when we come back here on the Monday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back to the phone lines here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. K-Bag, I hope you're feeling okay on this Monday afternoon, man. At least the sun's shining. Jacob, I got the mustard and mayonnaise. What else do you want on that Java sandwich? (laughs) I can probably even take it down to Mama Goldberg's and get it steamed for you. And get a side of nachos with it. Uh, Calipari took those back to Kentucky with him. I don't blame him. They're pretty good. You know, Jacob, Uncle T said it best. You know, we need to figure out how we're going to win an S championship this year. Yeah. Not next year, not in 2026. You know, and, and there's an immense amount of pride for our university and our town and our school. But we have to match. Even the dog's fired up. Yeah. Even the dog's barking, yeah. <laughs> we got to match expectations, and we got to match pride with those expectations. Yeah. We can't just sit here and lean on, oh, you know, We'll get on the US. You know, we played hard, played good. Man, we've been good, but we got we we ate a big old turd burger, and we got to match expectations with pride. We have a McDonald's All American that shoots twenty three percent from the field in conference play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's we, not winning we, we basketball. Be, that's that's not winning basketball. We, like Wade said, you know, you got Denver Jones running point. But what are we doing here? We got Trey Donaldson, we got KD. Hell, put Leor out there, something. But we got to figure it out this year. And there's too many good things going to have the court be the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good statement there at the end. I mean, there's this team is too good, and there's too much potential for it to be the court you play on is the deciding factor. And Saturday, that wasn't even the case, right? It was just uh, the team that played better won, and. And some would argue the better team won on Saturday. I'm not necessarily oh, saying there's, there's that. There's no but... question the better team won. You know, I talked about it Friday with their length and their size and pushing our big men out. Mm-hmm. We can't have Broom shooting three-pointers. We can't have Jalen shooting three-pointers. But that's what they did. They wanted us to shoot it. Yeah. You know, the the scouting report was, was, was pretty good on Auburn over the last, you know, three, four, five games and, and what you need to do. But it's it's – it's just another episode of a different season of Java. Mm, yeah, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people feel that way. Uncle Tebow definitely does. Sounds like you do, and I don't think you're alone in that, K-Bag. No, we, we just got we to change expectations. And the expectation is to win. The expectation is to deliver on your home turf. We're talking 4th and 31. We're talking, you know, Friday night in basketball. Hosting regionals and baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. And I think that's top to bottom, man. I really do. It's scattered all over campus, and we got to get rid of it somehow. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. K-Bab, always great to hear from you, man. Have a good one. Thanks, you too, man. 334-321-1390. And, you know, he's right. He's right. And to keep it to basketball for now, I've been saying this. I have. I love Bruce Pearl. I love BP. And I do not want this to sound like since it's after a loss, we're all doom and gloom and after a win that this team's going to win the championship. I've, I've been pretty consistent on this, I think. Bruce Pearl's been here for 10 years. This is year 10 of a head coach. Take the logo off of it. Take the name off of it. At an SEC school that was bad for a long time, you have a head coach that's won everywhere he's been that is now in year 10 at his current program. He's taken his team to a Final Four. That's fantastic. But it's taken steps backwards since. And the expectation, I I can't get a gauge on what the expectation is throughout most of the fan base. What is it? What is the expectation for Auburn basketball out of Auburn fans? Is it a national championship? Is it another Final Four? Or is it just to be competitive in the SEC? Or is it to just not go back to what it used to be? What is the expectation for Auburn basketball? Because I think it fluctuates. And I think it fluctuates game by game, which is a horrible cycle to be in. Because after you beat a team by 40 on your home floor, yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we get hyped up and pumped up and think that if they play like this, nobody can beat them. But then you come out three days later... And it's like, wow, if you play like this, you can't beat anybody. And then the expectations are all over the place. And like K-Bag was saying, and like you've been saying, and so many others have been saying, we got to find an expectation here. Auburn fans got to figure out what they want. And I'm not just saying on the fans, because let's be honest, they can only do so much. They're not on the sidelines. They're not on the floor. They're not in the locker room. The expectations got to be set within the program. What does this team want? What does this coaching staff want? And I'm not saying they don't want championships. I'm not saying that. But what's happening right now is not working. It's not. It's not working on a consistent level. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because you have to be able to beat teams like Kentucky on a consistent basis to be a championship-level program. You want to consider yourself a blue blood or a new blood? You have to win games like this on Saturday. You can't drop the egg. You can't drop the ball like you did on Saturday inside your own building against Kentucky. And it's as bad as it gets. 59 points in Neville Arena three days after you dropped 101. You just beat a team by 40. And three days later, you score 40 less than you did that night. Explain that. I don't get it. I I, I can't put it into words. I get paid to do it on a daily basis and Uncle T-Bone, I simply can't do it. Oh, I can do it. J-A-B-A. And I'm about job it out. I've been a fan of Auburn since 1982, and I'm tired of it. It's time to let it all go, Tigers. It's time to let the past go, both good and bad, and have a new mindset moving forward. I'm talking about on present President's Day, February 19th, right here at Oh, what time is it? 2.25? 2.28. Your clock's wrong. 2.28. (laughs) 
I'm throwing the gauntlet down. It's a new day. You've heard that one before. Championship or bust. And I'm talking about national championship, not state championship for all the boomers out there just worried about beating Alabama all the time. Mm. I want to beat Alabama as bad as anybody on my way to devastating their dreams like they do us and on our way to a national championship. It's win or die. It's Ricky Bobby first or last as far as I'm concerned from here, Jacob. That's the only way we're going to solve this job of madness Mm. because you just cannot do what you did Saturday night inside Neville Arena. With so much hype and such a massive opportunity, I'm talking about a massive opportunity to throw down the gauntlet once and for all. We belong. We are on the verge of being a blue blood, and we're moving towards a national championship. Goodbye, Calipari. Goodbye, Kentucky. And then just dropping a sulfuric stinking egg like we did in front of a national audience. Can't have it. Just call us Magic Man and El Diablo. We'll keep talking Auburn basketball when we come back. Get a little Shake baseball. Shake and bake. <laughs> nope, never again. We'll talk that and some baseball, too, when we come back. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. The Monday edition of On the Line continues after this. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into this, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, this hot Monday afternoon here on ESPN 1067. may not be super hot outside, but what a nice day it is. And this is baseball weather, man. Let me tell you what, Auburn baseball had a great weekend. Opening weekend versus EKU over at Plainsman Park. Tigers get started nicely. They get the sweep over the weekend we'll get some talk about that as we go throughout the show today talk a lot about that with Jacob Hillman later on in the program but let's get into the to the details to the nitty-gritty of what happened on Saturday night because we could sit here and talk about how Auburn needs to have a better attitude mentality expectation line for the until the end of time until that actually happens but let's find out what actually happened on Saturday between Kentucky and and Auburn. We'd love to get you a part of this conversation. 334-321-1390-70-59. Final score, Kentucky takes down the Auburn Tigers inside of Neville Arena. It was a 10-point deficit at the half, but it was a quick deficit out of the gate, Uncle T-Bone. Yeah. And Uncle T-Bone, or in, uh, in Kentucky never looked back. Auburn never led in this game. It was tied for just over a minute, and Kentucky led the rest of the way and never let up never held back, never did anything too crazy to hurt themselves. You had numerous guys go for double digits. You had Reeves, Antonio Reeves, with 22 points. You had Thiero, who went for 14. And then off the bench, you had Dillingham, who's a really good guard, go for 11. And on the other side of things, and and, and I'll say this too, and I'm just kind of giving you some stats right here. I know a lot of you have seen these, and we're going to talk about them. Kentucky shot 44% from the floor. 31% if you round up from three, and 75% from the free throw line. Not great, not good, but not bad, right? On the road, eh, maybe a competitive stat line, maybe. Here's what Auburn did. 
Auburn was 17 of 55. Auburn made 17 shots in a 40-minute basketball game. That's good for 31% from the floor. Auburn shot 4 of 22 from 3. That's good for 18%. And three of those four threes were by Denver Jones. The only other player to make one was Chad Baker-Mazzara. And you went 21 of 30 from the free throw line. That's 70%. Auburn loses by 11 at home against Kentucky. We talked about it Friday that guard play would be critical to this game against Kentucky. Anytime you go against the Wildcats, you better have superb guard play. I think that's one of the factors that really uh, differentiates the Blue Bloods and the people who succeed in the NCAA tournament and go farther than the teams that don't is that they have exceptional guard play. Let me throw something at you, Jacob. You mentioned Reeves and Therio stole a little bit of my thunder. 67 minutes between the two, 13 rebounds, two assists, 36 points. Reeves goes for 22. Therio goes for 14. Our two point guards, Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway, log 26 minutes, have five rebounds, zero assist, and score five points. Trey Donaldson goes for one point, and Aiden Holloway goes for four. There's the difference in your ball game. Kentucky, along with Dill, uh, with Reeves and Therio, and along with Dillingham off the bench, consistently attacked the rim and consistently drove inside and either dished, drew a foul, or scored points. We didn't attack the rim. And we didn't we didn't do what we do, work the ball inside out. Haven't we said that all season? That's when Auburn's offense is its best. I've said that for years. And this team will not go very far in any tournament if that guard play doesn't approve. And it's gotten so bad, like K-Bag said, they've had to move Denver Jones to point guard at times. I don't know what's going on with Aiden Holloway. And I feel for the kid. They're going to have to try and move him around to do something differently with him. Because he can't hit water if he falls out of a boat right now. He's in one of the all-time slumps I've ever seen, That especially from a five-star. The kid came out of the gates on fire for Auburn. And it's just disappeared. Gone into the corner. It's like he's got Stockholm Syndrome or something, like in the fetal position. Yeah. You know, singing that song, Oh no, Luca, <laughs> I live on the second floor. I mean, this is bad, man. Dude, you're going to have to toughen up, bro. And Kentucky took advantage. You're absolutely right. Kentucky uh, took advantage big time. They had a plan, and the plan was to get to the rim and use their physicality and do it over and over and over and over again and push Auburn's bigs out and give them the three-pointer because K-Bag's right, too. You don't want Jalen Williams and you don't want Janai Broom firing off threes over and over again unless you're just on a rick roll on a team, right? And it's mm-hmm. just extra gravy. You know, Jalen Williams a little bit better shot from the outside than Janai Broom and brings that factor. But still, those are big guys, man. Get down low, get to the rim, make some shots, attack the rim. And I'm okay with Jalen shooting threes because once he sees one go then, he is he's he's just about automatic out there. And we're about to get to the phone lines. But Bruce Pearl told us. He told everybody. 
this was going to happen. He previewed this in his post-game press conference against South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you why after we get to this phone call. 334-321-1390. We've got Big Auburn. You're on the line, man. What's up? Not much. How are y'all doing today? Doing all right, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> ball game this past Saturday. Okay. Why we lost. Uh, number one, and y'all mentioned on it, we didn't shoot. I mean, at the beginning of the game, we had a lot, some good shots, and we took some bad shots, mm-hmm. but we didn't hit nothing. And basketball is a game where you know you got to score. You got you know we had the same opportunities against South Carolina, and we made them. And overnight we didn't. Right. I firmly believe Auburn played hard. I thought they played very hard on defense and everything, but it has to get frustrating when you playing hard and maybe get a stop, but you can't go down there and get no points. Yeah, it definitely has to be. And, you know, I'm in agreement with you that I think Auburn got good looks a lot of times. They just didn't knock them down. But here's what good teams have to do in that situation is find other ways to score. And the way you do that is getting to the rack and getting to the free throw line. And the only guy that really did that was was Chad Baker Mazzara, who was 9 of 9 from the free throw line. Nobody else had more than 4. So that's what you have to do in those situations when you're not knocking them down. And, look, I promise, the, the way to get out of a slump is not to let Janai Broom let it fly from deep. Right. And I think if y'all look at the stats, just like T-Bone just said, we're not getting good guard play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, I don't know if they had an assist. They didn't score very many points. And you look at these other teams that, like Florida and Kentucky, they're getting great guard play, and I just don't think we're getting it. No, we're, we're, Auburn's definitely not. I mean, the point guards oh, did Holloway, not have an assist. Holloway's been a disappointment. You know, I hear, hear talk on the drive, say at practice they don't miss nothing. And I know it's a confidence thing with him, you know, he could come out there and hit three and four row and just get hot, but it's not happening now. And I know one time I saw Donaldson come down there and there was not one pass made and threw it up. And, you know, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a I'm, lot of selfish basketball, too, right now. Right. And I'm all Auburn. Uh, I don't know if we got enough to win the national championship. I think we got enough to make a run and possibly mm-hmm. if we're playing good. I mean, if we play like we did against South Carolina, we can play with anybody. Yeah, play that's like right. we did Saturday, we can lose to anybody. And the problem I have is I think the, the Saturday performance is a lot more likely than the South Carolina performance, and that's my biggest worry oh, right tournament now. time, definitely. Appreciate the call, Big Auburn. Thanks so much, man. You can get in 2-3-3-4-3-2-1-13-90. Jacob, I'm with you. If you look at the stats, the guard play just all around was terrible. We forgot about KD Johnson. Logs 26 minutes, two rebounds, one assist, yeah. six points. I mean, look, they're going to have to figure something out with the guard play. I don't know what it is. 
I'm not paid millions of dollars to be the coach. I hope that Bruce Pearl and staff all got together Sunday and today, and they're just thinking about, you know, do we need to take a look in the mirror at what we're doing, especially against teams that have national championship caliber or tournament experience? The losses that we have this year against teams that get to the NCAA tournament, two of them in Baylor and Kentucky have won national championships. We have to get over that hump if we're going to win a championship. What are we going to do moving forward? Because what we're doing, I just don't think is going to get you a very deep run in the tournament. And like you said, it's more likely, especially if Jalen Williams is not 100%, that we're going to continue to see a couple of poor performances like that, that at least a really stellar defense kind of keeps you in the game, but you just don't win. Thanks so much for the call, Big Auburn. Great to hear from you, and we appreciate you being a part of the show today, 334-321-1390. And, yeah, that, that's what I worry about here is I worry about a team in Kentucky who is not a good defensive team. They can when they want to, and Bruce Pearl said that, and I agree with him. But the problem is your defense was fine. You held Kentucky, that Kentucky team, to 70 points. That's good enough to win any basketball game should be good enough to win any basketball game but the offense yet again under the Auburn umbrella has failed and is failing and it's so hit or miss we it's been a long time since the final four year and even at this time in that final four season they weren't dropping a hundred on people in SEC play oh no they were struggling I mean they lost to Ole Miss and and I don't want to make an excuse for what's happening now that because something happened five years ago I don't think it's applicable no but that that 19 team was on the bubble really about this time of year and Chuma Kiki had to hit a deep three against Georgia late and it kind of got us off the bubble And what I'm saying is that team ran to the Final Four because their offense got hot. But this team... Stellar guard play. Stellar guard play. That's exactly right. This team, the potential is higher than that team could ever dream of, I think. Because this team can... Excuse me. This team can go out and drop 100 points when they want to. When they have the ability to, when they're knocking down shots. And like Big Auburn brought up, they just weren't hitting shots. But guess what? That's not an excuse. There are ways to find points without making 10 threes from behind the arc. That's what I'm talking about, some adjustments or something. It's something. And and I mentioned before we went to him, Bruce Pearl told us this was going to happen. He alluded to it in the post-game press conference against South Carolina. And he joked about it, but it ended up coming true. Here's what he said. He said, because how Jalen Williams and Jani Broom shot the three ball so well against South Carolina... He joked and said, I may never get Janai to roll on a screen to the basket ever again because he shot so well. Those guys were shooting lights out against South Carolina, right? Him and Jalen Williams, Janai Broom and Jalen Williams were going nuts against the Gamecocks on Wednesday. And he joked and said, I may never get him to roll down to the basket again because Janai and Jalen, between those two, Janai was four of five and Jalen was five of seven from downtown. Nine total threes made between the two of them. Guess what? They didn't make nine of them on Saturday, did they? Janai didn't make a single one. Neither did Jalen. They didn't make threes on Saturday. And Kentucky knew they were going to shoot it. Kentucky forced them to shoot it and said, go right ahead. We trust that you can't do it again. We saw what you did on Wednesday, but I bet you can't do it again. And Janai and Jalen said, watch us. And guess who was right? John Calipari and the Cats. 
that's an issue. That's a problem for me, Uncle T-Bone, because we knew this could happen. And it's not the first time that it's happened. This is not the first game where the lid has just been completely over the basket for 40 minutes. But there's other ways to score. There's other ways to build momentum. And it just didn't happen against Kentucky. And that's my issue. That's what worries me come tournament time. Sure, Auburn may very well get into the tournament as a four or five seed and just blow the doors off that first 13 seed they play. Sure, that's cool. But what happens when they get to that five seed or that one seed or that eight seed or whoever they have to play that's playing better than them and they go cold on offense and that team is hot? What happens then? Auburn's going to get run out of any neutral side gym they play on if that is the case. And that's what concerns me. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think it's a huge concern. And look, you can we can sit here and talk about that nineteen team until uh, until the cows come home, Jacob. I mean, oh, that's all I ever hear. Well, we got to the Final Four. Oh, it feels like thirty five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, in the guard play, you know, and everybody talks about well, that team just shot your eyeballs out. It did. You know, and Chumo Kiki really pushed that team into the tournament, and then Harper and Bryce Brown took over. But Harper was relentless attacking the rim. And when he was driving and getting to the rim, he was either going towards the basket, dishing down low, or kicking out to somebody who was wide open. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, Kentucky just continued to drive to the rim because they were so athletic. They didn't even have to worry about the kick out. Well, they're also tall. Yeah, Kentucky's always long had and long big. and tall guards. So, always. so, you know, you got to fight fire with fire and get physical and attack the rim, too. And we were just settling for shots that, quite frankly, were 10 to 15 feet out. And they were giving them to us. They were open. Big Auburn was right. Early in that game, there were plenty of good looks. Mm-hmm. We were just weren't man enough to knock them down. And that's a problem. That's a big what? problem, especially at home. And the game has not changed, Uncle T-Bone, Big Auburn, and everybody else. you still got to score more points than your opponent, and you got to knock down shots to do it. And that's a problem right now for this Auburn team. Not all the time, but it was on Saturday. 3-3-4, I want to continue talking about the guard play. Also, Jalen Williams. What do we know about him? What happens moving forward? We'll wrap up hour number one and move into hour number two talking about that and all that and more here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. We appreciate you being with us on your President's Day, whether you're in the office, outside, in this beautiful weather, wherever you're at. We appreciate you being with us on ESPN 106.7. Let's get to the phone lines again. And Andy, you're on the line, man. How are you? Hey, how are you? Doing all right, man. What can I do for you? What's on your mind? This Auburn basketball team, they're doing two things. One, uh, the unexpected, you know. I remember back when we didn't know if they were going to beat them in Arkansas, and they went down tore them up. You know, we were worried about South Carolina. We tore them up. And then when we think they're going to win, they don't. The other thing they're doing is they're keeping a lot of SEC teams in, in the brackets. Mm-hmm. They're, making, they're making Florida, Kentucky look good. Um, my main point is, Coach Pearl is awesome. You know, it just stinks that these other coaches are, are getting wins when, um, you know, we talked about this last week where the money's out there, it's evening out the playing field, and it's just hard to, to win five, ten in a row. 
I don't know if those days are over or what's going on, but um, it, it really stinks. Real big bummer. I haven't, I've been busy, um, so I haven't heard you guys have been talking about it, but I just wanted to get that off my chest. I bet the under uh, for South Carolina, and they blew it out of the park. I bet the over for Kentucky, and they couldn't shoot again. So <laughs> they're just doing the unexpected. They're doing the opposite of what we expect, and, and yeah. that's sports. And uh, maybe they'll let us down in the SEC, and they'll do great March Madness, but it just stinks that they're not as good as they, they could be or should be. But um, it's when they get hot or not, and uh, – we're not worried or concerned. We're better than average, and that's much better than Auburn's basketball in most decades. So um, it's good. It just that one that one hurt. Yeah, no, it, it definitely hurt that one. That one took a shot at the pride of the program. I, I think a lot of Auburn fans are feeling that here on this Monday. And lastly, if you talked about Jamal Williams, that it, it, it is a. A pretty big injury, but not season-ending. Uh, for Jalen, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've mentioned Jaylen, it a few Jaylen, times Jaylen. and, and getting going to get into it a little bit more and thankful that it's not, as of right now, they don't believe it to be season-ending, yeah. Agreed. All right, we're going Yep, thanks so much, Andy. 334-321-1390. We'll get to that as well as we get through, get through the rest of the show. But uh, I'm with Andy, and I think a lot of people are too. It's just – it's disappointing. It's disappointing. That, that one hurt stung. Saturday, man. Yeah. That, that one yeah. – that one – because of how hyped up it was and the yeah. buzz that we felt around this town. We talked about it on Friday, man. You could feel it in the air in this area. And that Saturday, you just built up all day long, and game day was there, and tip-off came, and then, bam, Kentucky said, yeah, we're, we're done with that. And that was the biggest thing, was it was right out of the gate, Uncle T-Bone. This was yeah. not down to the wire. Kentucky beat you on a buzzer beater or just you know, got the ball to go their way. The Cats came in here and beat Auburn for 40 minutes, and that hurts. Yeah, they were tired about hearing how they were all washed up. And Calipari had his team motivated and ready to rock and roll inside Neville Arena. And I can't say the same for our, for our coaches. I mean, Kentucky came out and punched us in the mouth, and we did not respond. And we normally punch people in the, in the mouth first in Neville Arena. Very disappointing loss. You could hear it in the first hour. Painful. Makes you kind of gut check time, in my opinion, for the Tigers. And we'll talk a lot more about that coming up in hour number two. Plus, Jacob Hillman will be with us as well from the Auburn Sports Network. All that and more coming up in hour number two. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. 
Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this President's Day. Many people off of work today, so hopefully if you're one of those, you are enjoying the sunshine, getting some things done, or maybe you're just having a lazy day. Whatever you're doing, we appreciate you being with us here on ESPN 106.7. This is the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back, and I believe we did that in hour number one, but you can go back and let us know if we did or not. You can go and catch the podcast wherever you get your podcast just search on the line or you can go to our station website at espnau.com our number one was a lot of basketball talk all basketball talk believe it or not with uh, auburn and kentucky over the weekend more to get to with that in the second hour we'll have some baseball talk as well plus jacob hillman of the auburn sports network will join us coming up at 3 30 to give us the rundown on everything going on around auburn athletics so until then phone lines remain open great calls in hour number one you can be one of those in hour number two the phone number to reach us and get on the air 334-321-1390 that will get you through to us we want to hear what you had to say what you think about Auburn and Kentucky in basketball but again Auburn baseball got off to a really good start this weekend hosting Eastern Kentucky in the series in the season opener 17 to 6 on Friday 6 to 1 Saturday and 9 to 1 yesterday at Plainsman Park I know it's Eastern Kentucky Uncle T-Bone but hey 3-0 and start got some runs on the board pitching looked good as well all in all a good start for the Tigers over at Plainsman Park yeah I mean Carson Myers named SEC pitcher of the week that's uh, very impressive. Uh, had Mercy, a great game. Had a great game. The Mercy Rule, Eastern Kentucky on Friday. Ike Irish just, I think he went like five for five on Friday. He's just hitting ropes and bombs, him and Bobby Pierce. So, look, uh, it's a, it's that they did not let us down this weekend. Butch Thompson uh, and the Tigers are always going to be very competitive. Uh, good warm-up series for them to get the season started and – and uh, we'll move on um, to the rest of the season. A uh, little, little chilly out there, I believe, on Friday. I was not able to attend any of the baseball games this weekend. Or, or was it Saturday? It, it kind of got colder anyway. Well, uh, not a weather report you're looking for, obviously. But, you know, I, I think that Auburn has a lot of arms. They got some power in that lineup, right? Uh, around the SEC, you saw just about all the big boys take care of business all weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, just buckle up, Tiger fans. It's going to be another uh, up-and-down season because the SEC is brutal. But I think Auburn's going to be just fine. Yeah, I think so, too. And they've got a midweek this week coming up tomorrow against UAB as the Blazers are coming yep. to town. So a midweek for Auburn baseball. But reminder, no midweek for Auburn basketball. They get a much-needed week off. Yeah, absolutely. A much-needed week off as – Every SEC team gets a break in the midweek in Auburn, one of the last teams to get it. And, I mean, man, we're, we're near the end of February. I mean, you just got to wonder, had that break come a little bit earlier, how maybe this past Saturday looks. Maybe. And I'm not searching for excuses. I mean, I had a lot of people call me, and we talked about it and talked through the game yesterday especially, and they were like uh, – you know, they they felt like the referees didn't do us any favors every time we got some momentum going. Officiating was poor across the whole game. I mean, terrible. Yeah, terrible. I mean, it it was not good. I mean, and, and I don't I don't cry officials. You know that. No, you I don't. don't. But you know, you got to look at the stats. I mean, Kentucky had twenty three personal fouls. We only had sixteen. You know, but when are those sixteen called? Mm-hmm. Are we getting on a roll? 
You know, I mean, the play that Jalen Williams got injured on, was that not a foul? It was. It absolutely I was. Mean, and I'm glad you bring that up because know? we've yet to have a full discussion about that. Um, luckily, uh, according to Auburn, according to uh, right. the, the, the department and the team and Jalen himself, it is not a season-ending injury is, is the report that we're getting. Now, Auburn's going to be without him for some games, uh, but we don't know exactly what it is, how long, and all that good stuff. But thankfully, I mean, thankfully it wasn't season-ending because, man, I'll be honest, when I saw it, and when that type of injury happens and when you when that knee gets jacked up like that and you have to get lifted off the floor and you can't put any weight on it, I said, that's an ACL. It's what it looked like to me. I said, that looks like an ACL. He's probably done. That's not the case. All right, that's not the case. I'm just saying that's what I thought initially when I saw it. And it absolutely was a foul. You go back and look at it. He smacked his arm completely. The underneath contact, whatever, you could or couldn't call it. But the contact on the arm was pretty significant and pretty clear, Uncle T-Bone. Right. And it should have been a foul, which very well could have changed the momentum of the game at that point. No doubt about it. Or if the dunk just goes home, too, with a foul. You know, I, I man, I tell you, it just seems like we're a hard luck bunch sometimes. You have Anthony McLemore break his leg over South Carolina right before the NCAA tournament. I mean, you get Chuma Kiki. Oh, injuries have been horrible out, in this program. You know, Janai Broom. Hurts his shoulder. Uh, golly, who was the kid that continually kept uh, kept hurting his shoulder years ago? The little left-handed guard, mm-hmm. who Tosh Dean, I think was his name. You know, and then this happens to Jalen Williams. You just don't see these injuries happening to other teams. I'm not saying there's any kind of thing that we're doing physically or or trying to. It's just bad luck. Yeah, it's like man, we got to get past this job of bad luck, man. Mm-hmm. Because of you know Jalen Williams. It's not a season-ending injury. Okay, all right, thanks. Well, what does that mean? I mean, is he going to be gone for three weeks? Will he be back by the SEC tournament? Will he be in playing shape when he gets back? Will he be confident that his knee is 100% when he gets back? Right. So, you know, just because they're saying it's not a season-ending injury doesn't mean that this isn't going to be very detrimental to Auburn, and and, and who knows what it turns into. Yeah, no, you're There's a lot of uncertainty right. Right there. And I'm not just trying to stir the pot with that. I mean it. It's like, what does that really mean? And uncertainty is a scary thing. It's a very scary thing with Auburn's leading scorer, with Auburn's what a lot of people say is the motor that makes the team go. Not everybody agrees with that, but I think a lot of people subscribe to that line of thinking. And so we'll have more to say about that. But let's get to the phone lines once again. 334-321-1390. Dan and Auburn, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow. Hey, guys. Yeah, I, I was going to talk about some of the same stuff there. Uh, you know, on the, the dunk by Jalen, that he, he gets totally fouled on the arm, and it kind of makes him off balance. So he lands sure. kind of awkward, you know, obviously what caused injury. But Yeah, if know, he wasn't one- fouled and misses a dunk, he doesn't land like he lands. I've seen players miss dunks. They don't almost blow their knee out when they do it. Yeah, you know, and then and you had Chad Baker get hit in the face couple times oh my gosh nothing, nothing called about that you know yeah, i forgot then, about those you know and then you know i could tell when, when the game first started you know there was like the one the one referee that the white guy that had his kind of hair slicked back a little bit and he caught his first three calls were like very it, it's like you know when a guy goes to the rim and and i mean it's like he's calling the foul before there's even contact and then the end of the contact was so minuscule you're like man it's like those are just 
you know, you don't call those. You right, know? calling it in, then, in of anticipation course, of contact, which is so – I don't know why officials have gotten by, into uh, that. Yeah, the dunk by – I mean, excuse me, the block by Dylan Cardwell where the player initiates contact. There's still very little body contact. Clean block, foul on Auburn. But, Dan, yeah. you've been around a long time, haven't you, buddy? You've seen a lot oh, of sports. Good. You know as good as well as I do. What did Jimmy Johnson say about when you go into uh, South Bend and play Notre Dame? What what happens when yeah. you play a blue blood like Kentucky in basketball or Alabama in football? You cannot leave no doubt because if you do, the referees are going to get you nine out of ten times. They're going to do no favor to you as compared to a blue blood fact. No, no, I agree. And then the one, the one foul – at the end, they call on Johnny at the end of the game where the guy just slips and falls. And, man, Johnny's just sitting there with his hands like, what? I didn't touch the guy, you know. And it's just stuff like that. Now, look, look, if we'd have shot a tiny bit better, I mean, they were sitting there talking about Kentucky's got this great defense. And, look, we had more wide-open shots that we missed. That's exactly you know, that right. probably drives me crazy. Like, how we can you know, not miss anything the game before us in this game. Right. It's, it's like, you know, but, I mean, Auburn had good looks Saturday. Despite how well Kentucky played defensively, Auburn had plenty of good looks. Despite the fact that the referees were pretty squirrely, it's not like we were just tucking it up from the timeline. I mean, they had good yeah. looks looks outside the arc and inside the arc. Couldn't make them. Yeah. And, then, and one other thing, and I, and I know it's probably already been talked about, I just, I just was able to turn it on the show on a few minutes ago. Yeah. But when you, when you have a, uh, a goaltending and then – you know, they go back and change the call. Yeah. They didn't change, like, the arrow because it went out of bounds on them. It was our possession. Is, I mean, is it? I, am I missing something there on, on that? Is, is there a rule there? No. I can change it. I mean, it, I, it was handled poorly. There's no doubt about it. It was handled poorly. And when you have the goaltend, I mean, it, you know, you obviously get the points and go in the other way. I just, there was so much confusion on, on what the call was and, and how long it took and just lack of communication on it. It was just, it was one of those awkward things where I just don't feel like the officials handled it the proper way. And there was just mass confusion all over the place. But if you're going to go back and change it 10 minutes later, okay, we still had possession of the ball. You should at least give. If you're going to take those points off, you should at least change the possession arrow. I would think to so. Make it fair. Yeah, I would think so. And that didn't happen. You know, it's little uh, things I mean, like that, Dan. That in a game like that, it matters so much more. They're magnified in a game like this. Man, I don't know. Well, hey, hey you know, hopefully we get Jalen back soon. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe maybe it'll force some of the other guys to. Really step up. I, I do like what I've seen from uh, um, the guy that's behind Jay Chaney he's, Johnson. He's been, yeah, I mean he's, he's been uh, changed and playing great. You mm-hmm. know, he, he did awesome down in Florida. I mean, and the guy that can b- rebound big time. So you know, hopefully it'll help those guys. You know, step up to the plate, and then we'll get him back, and then have another you know ace in the hole there. But uh, man, that was just a freaking shitty game. Sorry. <laughs> appreciate appreciate the call, Dan. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And and he's absolutely right. When it comes to possibly being a blessing in disguise, it's never a blessing when somebody A gets hurt and B when your best player's not going to be playing. But you know, you look at what the roster was going to be next year for this Auburn team. And Chaney Johnson came in, he was a little slower getting going in SEC play. 
the game was a little bit ahead of him. And then he's really started to pick it up here as of late. And you can see that he can shoot the ball. He's athletic as everything. He's going to be a very, very good player. And the goal was for him to be one of those go-to guys next year. Well, guess what? Auburn needs him and needs him right now. Because until they get Jalen Williams back, you don't know what you have. And Chaney Johnson has to be a guy that can step up. I think next year he can be a 15-8 and eight type of player. I really do. 15 points, 8 rebounds. Guess what? Auburn's going to need something like that right now until they get Jalen Williams back. Oh, I mean, they're going to have to figure a lot of stuff out, Jacob. I mean, they just cannot continue, obviously, with an injury to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I, I think against better talent, and they're, you know, oh, this is a great Auburn team. We all love them. Great story. Oh, they're all playing together as a team. But there's going to be a lot of teams moving forward that they see, especially in critical moments in conference tournaments and NCAA tournaments that have more talent than them. And this was a perfect example Saturday. And you just can't keep doing what you're doing like against the Vanderbilts and Ole Misses of the world against the Kentuckys of the world. 334-321-1390. Mark, you're on the line, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, uh, you know, a couple of things. You know, we're talking about Jalen and what they said. It's not a season ending. That brings me back to something that a lot of media thinks that, uh, you know, schools and teams owe an explanation, and I totally disagree with that. They do not have to provide any information other than saying he's not available. Mm-hmm. That's you know, they don't owe us an explanation. Oh, I, I completely agree. Why owe, would you? They w- don't owe the media anything. They don't owe anybody any kind of information. What they provide is what they No doubt. No doubt. It was a poorly officiated game, and I'm 100% with you on that, Mark. And I think that's that's just a, a, that's just where sports are. And we've had this conversation before, right, where yep. just officiating yep. across all sports at all levels, from professional down to peewee, it's just not good right now. It's in a really, really bad spot, and there's a bunch of regions for that. We won't get into that now, but that's just where it is right now. And you're absolutely correct. You know, I hope Jalen's not back. I mean, I hope he's back soon, not out too long. But, uh, you know, to the last caller's point, I think it will help. You know, it may make us go a little bit smaller, which I don't think is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know Chaney will be in there a lot. But I think, you know, having Mazzara, I think we can go faster with some of the players that, you know. Anyway, you yeah. know what I'm trying no, to I, say. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. But, uh, I'm with you. I just don't want people to say that we lost due to, you know, 
PT refereeing because that is not what's happened. We miss so many open shots, and, you know, we do that so much. We have those games where we just miss everything in the world, can't hit a shot. Yeah. And that was one of them. All right. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Mark. 334 Three two one thirteen ninety, and he's right. It was one of those days. We've seen them numerous times where Auburn just could not hit a shot, and it's not the first time we've seen it this season, and it's not the first time that we've seen it in in Auburn history under Bruce Pearl. The frustrating part, and I said this in the first hour too, the frustrating part is the fact that we saw this against App State. And I was led to believe, and I convinced myself, and I think a lot of Auburn fans did too, maybe it was because of me, I don't know, but I think it was, okay, this team's too talented, too deep for this to ever happen again. They're too good to let that happen again. Because what I said was, surely somebody could step up and knock down a shot. But it seems like this team is so bought in and so reliant on one another that when one is on everybody's on and you drop 101 points on an SEC team but when one is off everybody's off and you drop 59 on a horrible defensive team in Kentucky like you did on Saturday and that's my biggest problem here so much more to get to when it comes to Auburn and Kentucky we'll continue when we come back here on the Monday edition of on the line reminder Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour that's all here on ESPN 1067 you are on the line on ESPN 1067 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app It's been busy on the phone lines. Let's continue it right now. 334-321-1390. And Mike, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow. How's it going, guys? It's going okay, man. What's up? Well, I tell you, I was fortunate enough to get to go to the game Saturday. Okay. And um, heck of a crowd. Wow. And, um, but um, as far as the basketball game, um. Bloom got pushed around all game long by a freshman center. That's why he was out there shooting threes, because he couldn't do nothing with him on the inside. He blocked, what, three of his shots? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, um, I, I mean, he, he took it to him. As the first time all season long, I've seen another big man handling like he handled it. I mean, when you go up against Kentucky and they're big, yeah, you go up against Kentucky, uh, you go up against uh, North Carolina of the world, I mean, they're going to have the best big men uh, on paper out of high school. They're going to have four and five stars, so he better get used to it moving forward in this conference championship, the conference tournament that's coming up and and hopefully into March Madness. Because that, that, that had the whole floor of the game screwed up. Because he couldn't get anything going down there with him. And then the, then the other one, then he, they'd send the other one in. And that, it, it just had it just all messed up in the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, Mike, when you got to adapt. You got to overcome. Somebody, you got you to call a timeout, get the whiteboard out and figure something out. 
and somebody else has to step up. Jacob said it in the last segment, and I've been thinking about it during the break. It's really disturbing to me. It seems like oftentimes when one player is not playing very well for Auburn, the team takes on that identity and vice versa when they are playing well. And, yeah, yeah. And when you and when you move you, forward, yeah, it, was disapp- it was disappointing. But um, at least maybe they got it out of the way, and maybe they learned that um, um, you know when um, you know, we've been lucky so far. We the rest of the SEC, Mississippi State's got the closest thing to what big men that that we played so far to to Saturday. And he's not as good as either one of those boys are. Right. I don't know. South Carolina's and, got and, a pretty good And they, they pushed Broom around. I mean, he was frustrated. You could see it on him. He was he was frustrated. Which has happened before, Mike. I mean, you know, that's not the first time that, that Broom has gotten shoved around and gets a little flustered at times when things aren't going his way. And, and yeah, you just you got to find ways in this league, man. you got to find ways to overcome that or work it to somebody else. And, and that first block shot, that's when I noticed it. That that young center from Kentucky knew he had his number. You know that. You know they went. They went after. They went after that. You know they called it goaltending. And then at, at the um, next timeout, they said it wasn't goaltending. Right. Which everybody could tell it wasn't going. The ball was going up when he blocked it. Mm-hmm. And um, but um, it, it that that right there was disappointing to me to see how he handled it against another big man. And um, a lot, a lot of difference between um, and I mean that he he's nothing but a freshman. Yeah, that Onyenso, he's he's a player, man. And and look for oh, yeah, he is for for Janai Broom for a guy that's wanting to go play at the next level and wants to test out the NBA draft waters. Those are the matchups you have to win. And and he didn't win Saturday. And and look, he's going to have to win those down the stretch in this season for Auburn to be successful and for him to go and want to play at the next level, Mike. Yeah, well, I know other people's trying to get on. I appreciate letting me call in, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thank you, too, man. It's great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Mike's 100% right. And Janai Broom is one of those players that when he's playing well, Auburn plays well. But when he struggles, Auburn can't seem to figure it out and find other ways to score. And Jalen was off and then, of course, got injured. And the lack of good guard play consistent guard play elite guard play yeah you get results like this that's what happens when all of that comes together in one 40-minute basketball game we shouldn't be surprised by the result based off the way they played I think people are just surprised that's the way Auburn played oh it's it's I mean if this had happened up in Rupp I mean would we be just you know would there be this much gnashing of the teeth? I mean, it'd be disappointing, but it'd be like, well, there we yeah, go again. Well, you know, you know, we just don't win up there, whatever. I mean, we've won up there twice in like a thousand years. So, I mean, but nobody, this happened in our own backyard, Jacob. They just yeah. took our souls. But nobody is saying, right, there's no conversations like, man, Auburn really should have won that game. Auburn, oh, no. Auburn, Auburn should have won that. They got no. robbed. Or Auburn just, no. man, if that three would have gone, like they, they were the better team. They played better, whatever. That's not the case here, and no, that's no. what is scary. That is what is concerning to me, and a lot of Auburn fans and a lot of our callers today is nobody has come in here and said, guys, Auburn should have won that game. They just couldn't pull it out against a good team. Uh-uh. No. Kentucky came in and outplayed you for 40 minutes and had your number at all five spots for 40 minutes. That concerns me. Yeah. That's an issue because if Kentucky can do it, 
others can do it too because other coaches are really, really good around this league and around college basketball. Well, especially what you're about to run up into, right? I mean, it's crunch time. I mean, we talked about this last week. I think it's time to pivot more towards postseason and looking ahead. you got to get through the regular season. There's a lot of basketball left, but you don't think you're not going to run up on the best coaches in the nation that are doing their homework on all your rotations and all your tendencies? I mean, John Calipari is one of many out there ready to take your Auburn scalp. So Auburn better figure out something different and get rolling with it and working it in there. If not, I'm telling you, they'll be lucky to be two in barbecue. They've got Mike White twice and Rick Barnes in the next five games, plus the SEC tournament and whoever they get in the NCAA tournament, man. Auburn better figure it out and figure it out quick. We'll talk about that, plus baseball and everything else in Auburn athletics with Jacob Hillman when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on this Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. It's the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone. And let's get to the phone lines this time for our weekly guest on Monday afternoons. It is Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network with us on the phone lines. Hillman, great to hear from you, man. Crossover season's upon us. What a busy weekend it was on the Plains. Yeah, you're not wrong, Jacob. It, I mean, like you said, it, I'm happy to be with you guys, but it, it is busy and we're, we're, we're enjoying our times, whether it's at Plainsman Park, Neville Arena, J.B. Moore Field, wherever it is, or, or even the James E. Martin Aquatic Center where SEC Swim and Dive Championships are taking place today through Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a great time to be an Auburn Tiger. Well, let's jump into the to the to the game on Saturday that we've been talking about for the first oh I don't know hour and a half of a two hour show today. The thing that got a lot of Auburn fans fired up, man. You had game day in town on Saturday. Kids been camping out since Wednesday. The nation was watching when Kentucky came to Neville Arena on Saturday, and Bruce Pearl and the Tigers just couldn't get it done against the Cats. They fall seventy to fifty nine. Put it into your words, man. What'd you see from Auburn on Saturday? Yeah, the obvious thing was the lack of shooting and, and not being able to really get into the game, I felt like. I felt like the only point in the game where Auburn uh, really went on its run and, and kind of had a chance, and I say had a chance as in you think in the second half when Katie Johnson and that group uh, forces turnovers and, and gets to the basket and goes on a 6 nothing run, you're down five. That was the point where I think everyone in the building felt that Auburn was going to win, win the game. Then obviously Kentucky answered right back, grew that lead right back up to double digits, and and it really never got closer than that. So, the the it, it really came down to the scoring, and and obviously when Jalen Williams goes down with about 12 minutes to go in the game, that that that's your primary guy, other than maybe Janai Broom, and you, you had to try to figure things out from there, and and Auburn really never got it going, and especially from three, uh, you hit three threes in the first half, uh, for 25 percent, and and then you only hit one in the second half. And obviously Denver Jones was three of those threes. He, he had, I thought he had a pretty solid game, and, and I'm looking for him to continue to improve and kind of get involved in the scoring, especially with the absence of Jalen Williams coming up. So, yeah, it, it really came down to the shooting, but it also came down to uh, 
only two, or I should say zero combined assists between your point guards, Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson. Denver Jones, when he was at point guard, he, he dished out two assists, but other than that, it was really difficult for this offense to get going. I thought Kentucky's defensive game plan was really solid. Uh, a lot of things that worked on Wednesday night against South Carolina really had no chance against the Wildcats, so uh, it's something that Auburn's going to have to move on from, and and you you get a week off now. I think this I think this open date. I don't know if it came at the perfect time, but I, you don't hate it after that game. Yeah, they sure needed that open date, Jacob. I mean, catching that just about later than anybody else in the SEC this season. My question from here is, where does Auburn really and truly go? And yeah, and find yeah. some way. What's the plan moving forward? to try and win a national championship, in your opinion? Do they keep doing what they're doing? Because with the rotations, are we going to continue to see minutes gobbled up with Chris Moore and Leor Berman? And and really and truly with Aiden Holloway, who is a five-star recruit, I mean, offers to Miami, Tennessee, Wake Forest, and he's just on the struggle bus. What do Bruce Pearl and that staff have to do and get in that bag of tricks to see how we can get this thing going in a better direction for a championship run. Well, I definitely do think it starts with the rotation, especially over these next few weeks while Jalen Williams is out. And it's going to take, first of all, Chaney Johnson stepping up, who we have to assume will step into that starting role at the four spot. But also, you know, there could be some experimenting going on this week in practice and seeing whether – Maybe Denver Jones can play the three. I think that was that was discussed uh, in the preseason, and and it's been played before, but it was in game number two against Southeastern Louisiana, um, and then and then obviously I think we saw last year Janai play some at the four. That's I think that's another option. Will it happen? We'll see. I think that's I think that's why the 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 open date comes at a pretty good time, um, especially with the injury to Jalen. You're going to have to experiment and practice and and really figure that out and especially going into Georgia, who's, who's played some good teams pretty closely at home. We saw what they did to an Alabama team. We saw what they did to Florida. And, I, and it's going to be a tough matchup. And then obviously the game following that is the toughest of the year at Tennessee. So I, I think really starting with the rotation, it's going to take some experimenting and figuring out who is really going to be that guy that's going to fill in the scoring void that Jay Williams leaves here. Now, obviously, you're going to get him back. Um, according to reports and according to what seems like himself whenever you get to the postseason at least. But you're still going to have to have guys step up uh, even then, whether it's Denver Jones or Chad Baker Mazzara uh, as we get there. And then obviously I think I think the guard play is certainly uh, the, the position where you're, you're lacking currently uh, because th- those guys have played pretty solid in January and the assist-to-turnover ratio was one of the best in the country, but then – you, you you lose to Kentucky at home by 11 with zero assists from those guys, and, and they didn't turn the ball over a ton. But obviously, the issues was was dishing the ball out. And with that guard play, I mean, you, we continue to 
to, to to highlight, I guess not highlight, but just point out that Aiden Holloway's still struggling when you know when Auburn could use a spark from him shooting the basketball or or Katie Johnson or any of those guys. And and I think that's where you can point, especially when you go up against a team like Kentucky who has those lengthy athletic guards that can get downhill. And that's what Auburn seems to be lacking here as of late. We're talking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network with us on the Monday edition of On the Line. You look to what's coming up for this Auburn basketball team. You mentioned already that there's no midweek game, and, and man, did they desperately need it. On the road at Georgia, on the road at Tennessee, home for Mississippi State, at Missouri, and home for Georgia. For Auburn to stay in that top 16 seed line of the NCAA tournament where they were on Saturday, to remain in that top four of a seed line, what do they need to do in these last five games and then in the SEC tournament in your mind? Yeah, that's that's tough because I feel like the obvious answer is the only loss you can take is at Tennessee. you got to win your home game, and I I don't think you can lose to uh, what is currently a winless in-conference play, Missouri. And I I don't think Georgia Georgia would hurt your resume too much to stay in the top 16. Now, with that being said, if you were to lose to Georgia and then you win a couple games in the SEC tournament, I think that can make up for it. So as far as staying on that four-line or or maybe even – uh, jumping up to the three, if, if you want to stay on the four line, you could only lose to Tennessee or you have to win a couple of tournament games after losing to Georgia. And then uh, you could jump up to the three if you win out, I think. Uh, a win at Tennessee would be huge, and, and obviously the SEC tournament. Um, it, it's kind of tough with those conference tournaments, though, because we don't know how much that actually impacts the, com- the committee. I think I remember a few years ago uh, when Auburn won the SEC championship with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, Texas A&M, beat them in the first round, got all the way to the championship game, and, and was still left out of the NCAA tournament, even with being on the bubble going in uh, to, to, to championship week. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how – and it doesn't seem like uh, that loss on Saturday hurt Auburn's metrics or, or the, way the, the way anyone looked at them too much. All, only dropped one spot in the AP poll, only dropped one spot in Ken Palm and, and really everywhere else. So uh, I, I don't think that – that loss on Saturday, especially when you when it's followed up a 40-point win over the 11th-ranked team in the country, I don't think that's going to impact Auburn too much. But, yes, you're right, especially with the loss of Jalen Williams, you're going to have to keep going strong at Georgia, at Tennessee, and then you have to win those home games and obviously you have to beat Missouri. Talking with Jacob Hillman with the Auburn Sports Network, pivoting over to the baseball weekend. Tigers go 3-0 and against Eastern Kentucky. My man Doug Amos over in Montgomery sends me the – he's with uh, our sister station over there, ESPN 107.5, sends me the uh, nat- latest National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association baseball poll. Okay, Jacob, Auburn's ranked 22nd. And according to this poll, guess where that puts them in the SEC? I'm going to guess probably eighth or ninth. That's right. Nine other teams ahead of Auburn in the SEC. And all, we know Auburn's a good baseball team, right? right? What is going on in this conference? I mean, is it just like, are they just going to move them on up and, and have a whole new division in Major League Baseball? I mean, that is ridiculous. You've got LSU 2, Arkansas 5, uh, Florida 6, which Auburn will dodge this year, I guess, or they'll dodge us. A&M 9, Tennessee 7. We'll see all those teams, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a fun year in the SEC as far as baseball is concerned. And, and like you said, it, it's going to be a tough it, – it's going to be tough, but I, I think that I think this Auburn team has really grown since last year. And this team, obviously, last year 
took down uh, an LSU team, beat the South Carolina team last year in Siri, uh that were ranked uh, in the top five at the time. So I really think that the way this team has grown, especially the bullpen, I think the bullpen is in, in such a better spot than it was at this time last year. There were so many unknowns uh, on opening weekend last year, but right now I think roles are defined. Will Cannon's your closer. You know what you're going to get out of Connor Copeland and Tanner Bowman in those long relief roles. And you've got four guys that uh, can be in the starting rotation and Joseph Gonzalez, Chase also. Carson Myers was so impressive getting SEC Pitcher of the Week. And then mm-hmm. and obviously Christian Herberholz. Uh, yeah, he, he's going to be uh, battling for that third rotation spot. Uh, and they're going to be able to interchange that, maybe depending on matchups and, and whatever it takes. And then obviously the offense look good. Chris Stanfield and Ike Irish is going to be the best sophomore duo in the country. And I think really, as far as the lineup is concerned, I think the top of the lineup is the only thing that you want to get going more. But when you have guys like Stanfield and Irish uh, hitting behind them, you're in a really good spot. 17 to 6 over the weekend on Friday. Then you had 6 to 1 on Saturday, 9 to 1 on Sunday. I mean, you got a little bit of everything, right, Hillman? You got the hitting, you got the pitching, and, and you start off 3 and 0. You look ahead to this week. You've got UAB coming to town tomorrow before the Tigers head down and take on Iowa, Wichita State, and Virginia in Jacksonville for the Jacks College Baseball Classic. Yeah, I think that this weekend, and obviously the midweek game, I think last year Auburn got into some midweek struggles a few times because uh, you, that pitching was still growing up and, and figuring things out, whereas now with, with kind of more of an established rotation and, and, and really pitching depth, that you're going to be able to go into these midweek games with a lot more confidence and, uh, and, and kind of let guys figure things out and, and, and do what they do. And then obviously this weekend you're facing – uh, power five opponents plus and, 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 and some tougher opponents. And I think that's where you can make your noise and, and you're going to get a good gauge of where this team is at, especially uh, with the batting order. I, I'm pretty confident in this pitching staff and, and what it's going to bring to the table. We know what Joseph Gonzalez and Chase Alsop can bring. If Alsop stays consistent, if Gonzalez stays healthy, they're going to be studs. Obviously, Carson Myers showed us something. And then Christian Herberholz is your guy that started several games last year. And he, he, was, he was really solid. So I'm excited to see what the batting lineup does against some more elite pitching uh, this upcoming weekend in Jacksonville. And I, and, I, and I think the pitching rotation has a really good chance to, to really put their names on the map. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He's with us here on On the Line every single Monday at 3.30. Man, give us the rundown on everything else happening around Auburn Athletics before you get out of here. Yeah, Auburn softball went to Mexico for the – uh, Puerto Vallarta challenge went three and zero. Had the game against Clemson canceled. That would have been a big one uh, to really to really show out. But but Auburn gets an upset over uh, number thirteen Utah. So uh, nonetheless, a successful trip down to Mexico uh, that that leads with with a big win and three and zero weekend. Uh, Tigers host the Plainsman invite this weekend. I'll be on the call on uh, on the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, and on Friday through Sunday, two games each day. So a lot of action at J.B. Moore Field. Get your tickets at AUBTIX.com. And then get Auburn Gymnastics Senior Night on Friday uh, at Neville Arena against Missouri. That that meet is set for 6 o'clock Central, and you can get those tickets at AUBTIX.com. It's the cancer, uh, breast cancer awareness meet, so wear your pink. And then, obviously, all kinds of other sports are going on this week. Yes, women dive in the SEC Championship at the James E. Martin Aquatic Center. You can go to those uh, meets throughout the week, Monday through Saturday. 
9.30 a.m. Central tomorrow, then 11 a.m. the rest of the week. But everything else is going on. We've got Tiger Talk on Thursday at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Obviously, Bruce Pearl will join us, as well as Jeff Graba and Melissa Llewellyn. Uh, and that will be on, on Wings 94.3 FM. So an exciting time yeah. <laughs> on the planes, obviously, with crossover season in full swing. And, and folks, don't let him fool you. He's not ripping all that off the mind. He's got it all written down somewhere. He, he, it, I love Hillman, but somewhat. I, I was about somewhat. to say somewhat. Okay, we'll hey, say 50 50. How about listen, that? Voice, Voice of the Tigers, Andy Burcham, puts together a great comprehensive schedule yes, uh, he does. For, for the next two weeks. So yep. I'm able to, to look through that and kind of give you the details there. Well, okay. We'll always give credit to Andy Burcham. Not to you, but always to Andy. So, hey, well, man. hey, happy, happy belated birthday yes, uh, yes. to Andy Burcham. It was his birthday yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, he got to uh, to enjoy a Auburn baseball win uh, there. Yes, he did. Celebrating uh, just another wonderful birthday for him as the voice of the Auburn Tigers does a great job, as does everybody over at the Auburn Sports Network, including Jacob Hillman, who joins us every Monday at 3.30. Man, we appreciate you. Plug everything one more time before we let you go. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU and follow the Auburn Sports Network at AU Sports Network as well. Broadcast details and, and everything going on in the world of Auburn athletics going on over there thanks so much man hey we'll talk to you next monday talk to you then war eagle jacob hillman of the auburn sports network with us every monday at 3 30 we'll take our final break come back and wrap it up here on the monday edition of on the line you are on the line on espn 1067 call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 winding down here on the monday edition of on the line and winding down maybe what we need to do after what's been an electric but a lot of fun here on the monday edition i feel better that's all you needed you needed just a couple of hours to to let it all loose uncle t-bone you and hey you've uh you've done so you've been you're you've been uh you've been picked up all across the state man pete you're you're uh leaving impacts all over the place yeah, we smoked some people out today and got a lot <laughs> off our chest and ready to kind of move on and into the week. I'm sure we'll talk more about this debacle that was last Saturday night in Neville Arena. But, you know, I was getting some text at the break and people said, oh, the world's not ending, Uncle T-Bone. We're still going to make the tournament. And I'm, and I'm with you. I know. I'm just a fan, though, and I get upset and I want us to win it all. But... I really do think there's a mentality that Auburn's going to need to take moving forward that, you know, whether Jalen Williams can come back full strength or not, no matter what happened five years ago in the Final Four, the last couple of years, or Aiden Holloway can't hit water if he hits out of a boat, all that's behind us. It's time to pivot towards the conference championship and then the big dance, March Madness, and in the famous words of the guy from Major League, let's go win the whole bleeping thing. There you go. Okay? You Championship go. or bust. Let's make that deal and roll it, Tigers, and that way we can just roll Toomer's Corner in early April as national champions. That's what I'm looking for, Jacob. Well, we've talked a lot about that today. Got some baseball as well. And, look, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you all being with us here on the show today. If you missed any of it, you can go and find the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I highly recommend you do so. 
it was a lot of fun today. I will be back on the air tomorrow, 2 to 4. Double D will be joining me in the second hour. That is the man, Daryl Dapperich. We'll talk a lot about basketball and baseball. Don't you worry. I'll have some more thoughts on it as well and a lot of other things going on. So that'll be tomorrow from 2 to 4. Then Uncle T-Bone will be back with me on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, just another great week of shows throughout the week, man. So really excited for that. Wednesday will be fun. We'll be able to talk with Jordan Hill from Dogs 247, especially with Auburn. Georgia week, yeah. Traveling over to Athens Saturday to try and get the season back on track and their winning ways going again. That'll be a tough game, though, Auburn fans. We didn't really have a chance to talk much about what happened in the rest of the SEC. I'll get to that some tomorrow for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure you and Double D will have a lot of thoughts on that and other stuff. Alabama now sitting with a two-game lead, five games to go, sitting pretty for the tie. Nate Oates, you can make fun of him. I don't like the guy. But I respect him. Heck of a coach, done a heck of a job this year, and the tide continues to roll. They beat A&M down, and A&M might be heading towards the NIT now. They're probably finished unless they make some kind of miraculous run moving forward. And I'm really surprised by what happened to A&M last week. They had everything going their way, and then that terrible loss at Vanderbilt just shut them down. And I don't know if you saw perhaps the most exciting game of the day in of the weekend in the SEC, but LSU with that monumental comeback How against about South Carolina. That was a very good basketball game. So get ready. Buckle up, sports fans. The rest of the year in basketball is going to be like that game, and we can't wait to talk about it with you here at On the Line. I'll be back tomorrow, 2-4, to four, right here on ESPN 1067. Uncle T-Bone will be back with me on Wednesday. And a reminder, Daryl Daprich will join me in the second hour tomorrow. Basketball, baseball, football, anything else that you want to talk about, we will cover it here during On the Line on ESPN 1067. So until tomorrow, 2-4 to 4 p.m. on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 1067. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.